are two friends going through big changes in our lives, just like so many other people that we know. No matter how happy we are, life is always throwing us a curveball. And we have found that having a friend to talk it through and discover new tools with has been key to figuring out who we are now as we evolve through these life transitions. So join us as we grow and learn and nourish our souls together. together. Hello, Jill. Hello, Miss Malin. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. So, I think we should yeah, just take, I, a, take a breath and take a minute to get... Take a breath. Did I put away my before? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that actually we had a, we were having such a good conversation that as we sometimes do, we decide that we need to record. Yes. But then it took us so long to get to this point. <laughs> I lost know. A momentum. <laughs> anyway, two friends yeah. figuring out and learning right. technology. Exactly. But I feel like I want to take a new moment and just digest and be in energy with you mm. hi friend hello we look into each other's eyes we've talked about that before <laughs> it's very nice we highly recommend that you do that yeah someone it's really an interesting exercise because we've been talking and catching up mm -hmm. here before we started and i didn't take a moment to just be with you i was just energy exchange we we That's see each other yeah. and we're like <gasps> right so Hi, much. friend. I miss you. I have all these things that I want to share. <laughs> exactly. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and we started. We have. We had a pretty. We were already into. Oh, a I know. Deep I, had conversation. To, I had to like wipe away tears. Yes. So yeah. So do you want to dive into that? Yeah. Where? How do I want to dive into that? Do you want me to kind of relay a little bit of how we got into it? I would love that. Do you remember? I uh, I do remember, okay. but I would like to hear your retelling of it. <laughs> well, I'll, I think we were talking about. I was saying, hey, we should maybe talk about some of the things that some of our soul-nourishing collective friends have been talking to us about because there are several people yeah. that we've talked to in the last two weeks since we last recorded who've had a lot of different things going on. And I just said, I just want to make sure that we put up, you know, we make sure that we don't keep it all negative and that we do insert some positive into it because I feel like sometimes we get too, I don't want to get too in the mud and get too negative. And I think we need to do some, and I, by that I meant like we need to, I want to make sure we talk about tools and that kind of thing. But, um, but I had said, you know, I want so that we can make it and move into the positive. Yeah. I, I will just pause here and say it, it was at this moment mm -hmm. that I all of a sudden was experiencing a lot of emotion, both agreeing with you, uh -huh. but also sort of playing out all the stories in my head, holding all the grief from you know many of our friends, whether it's job loss or uh, like loss of people in their lives, financial hardship, you name it. And the, the challenges that I'm facing, you know, stepping into this new work year, I felt an initial feeling of discouragement mm -hmm. um, and a feeling of, oh, is my friend Melinda asking me to buck up and <laughs> just 
be sunshine and roses. And I was having a a visceral response to that. Mm -hmm. And we talked that out and became a little bit more aware. And I found new language to explain to you that I get tripped up with Mm -hmm. the word positive, Mm -hmm. that I sometimes come to that word with feeling like, oh, society or my friends or my family or someone else outside is expecting me to buck up yeah, and just, you know, shove down my feelings. And I am someone that often has a lot of feelings. And so (laughs) I was having a little trauma response to pause, you know, being positive Mm -hmm. or, or feeling as though I just needed to whitewash or gloss over Mm -hmm. something. Right. Yeah. And you were concerned that maybe there are other people who feel that way as well. And I do. And I, and as I said to you, I don't think that you and I are really far off in in what we, obviously I think the way we approach things are the same. I think it's just the words that we're using. And, and I do, uh, you know, used to be, we, I used to talk a lot about coming back to joy and happiness and joy. And I, and there were people who I think did feel discounted from that. And I, because it almost does sound like we're glossing over feelings. And I do think that, and we talked then, I mean, back then I talked about the importance of feeling your feelings, but I do think that sometimes when we talk too extreme, it's like, and also the idea of joy is I should be dancing and laughing all the time. And if I'm not, then I'm, something's wrong with me. And so I, I certainly appreciate where you're coming from because I do think that people feel that pressure. And I would say that it's very possible that when I was in that mindset that I put that pressure on myself, which could be why I did not recognize what was going on in front of me in my marriage because I was so focused on keeping it together, finding the happy, finding the good, finding, you know, and forgiveness, which is important, incredibly important, but forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and forgiving all the time, I was in a constant state of having to forgive, to trying to always maintain this level of joy to the point that I was ignoring kind of what was really going on in the well and how the deep underlying feelings that were, that I was experiencing that I didn't even see because I was so busy trying to live within this joy. So I think what you're saying is very valid. So I think that that's probably the same reaction that you're having to the word positive. Where I explained to you that I think that when we're talking about positive, what we're saying is we all are going to experience these hard emotions and we have to be able to give our time, ourselves time to live in the grief of it or the whatever the Hardship. hard moment of. And we do have to allow ourselves to feel it, to experience it for as long as we individually need to to help promote our healing because you can't heal until you go through the emotions. You have to go through them, not over them, not around them, through them. And then there is a time when it's time to start climbing out of it and finding your way out of it. And in my mind, that is when you're moving into the, what I was calling the positive. And I wasn't meaning that as the happy, happy joy. You have to go from, crying, you know, crying in your pillow to dancing in the kitchen. You know, I didn't mean that. I, I, what I mean is that we just need to get to a point where we're no longer wallowing and 
we don't want to get to a point where we are wallowing. Let me put it that way, where we are wallowing in our despair. And so, because then you, you move into depression and despair and, and then you're, as I said to you off of the podcast, we, then you start looking at the world through a window that's covered with mud, right? You're not seeing the world. You're not seeing the sun shining through the window and, and you don't want to live your life that way. So to me, the positive is being able to see the sun. And I know you and I are both seeing, and I think, I think a lot of our soul nourishing friends and collective, we're seeing a lot of people juggle complex, heavy, hard life stuff right now mm-hmm. from, like I said, jobs to, from work to finances to a variety of things. So talking and sharing with each other, what are we doing as friends mm-hmm. for each other to help each other, encourage and support each other through these hard, hard life times. And I I don't want to say that it's all about productivity. Like, what are you doing to be productive? Because I know for me, it's not entirely about being productive or being positive, but living in that space and calm so that I can make resilient whole decisions Mm -hmm. and ensure that I am approaching life in a manner that I'm going to say it now does bring me joy. And I am coming to life decisions or life activities from a place of peace Mm -hmm. and hope. Mm -hmm. Yes. And purpose. Yes. And clarity. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'm all about language, but Where I am right now, starting off this new year, we talked about the slowing down. I'm coming up against some real busy, difficult activities that are demanding a lot of full attention. Mm -hmm. And it's discouraging me. In some moments, I'm feeling defeated. And I have already trimmed, trimmed down a lot of things in my life that I feel aren't productive and I life is demanding a little bit more attention right now. So each day, each hour is full of me thinking, okay, what do I need? What is my mind body unit need right now Mm -hmm. to approach these big requests of them, my body to handle this Mm -hmm. without hurting my health physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. hurting my spirit, damaging relationships, you know, because I'm snippy or irritable. I would like to just make the caveat that you and I, you were never snippy with me like beforehand when we were talking this through. I just want to say that we were saying that you and I were seeing things differently, but we, it was, oh yes, it was a very loving conversation. It was a very loving conversation. What I'm referencing actually (laughs) is a little bit of a snippy exchange that I allowed to come out with my husband mm-hmm. as he was helping me. The partners always get the hardest part of us. Right? And we were literally uh-huh. talking about that. Uh-huh. And, and then you came in the door and I was like, I'm going to be all cheery and I'm not going to let her, I'm not going to let Melinda hear my frustration, um, which was a discovery. And I also want to say that there is, and you said, you know, to be able to see life with joy or do, 
what brings you joy. I do think that as we move out of the grief, it's a gradual process or the difficult emotions. It's a gradual process. And we, the ultimate goal is to be happy, to have joy. But I do think, and I, I think that this conversation you and I had was really helpful in that we're not asking people to go from zero or negative or like a low energy discouragement to to a 10. You know, yeah, we're not asking people to do that. It is going to have to be, if you're at a one, you're going to have to go to a two and then a three (laughs) and then a four, and you're going to move your way out of it. And that's, uh, that's really our goal, right? Is, but, but we, you know, and, and we have luck, luckily we've, we've done enough that we've learned how to, how to change the story in our heads and to catch the story. And that's, that's the very first thing that you have to do is change the story that you that's have That's been head. the biggest helpful technique for me is changing that, providing some initial scripts almost for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that ha- has been really helpful and I'm very grateful to have a partner in life that thinks about things differently. And what he says often is when I have the narrative of more of a defeatist, like, oh, this is, things are, Mm -hmm. whether it's work or life or parenting, you name it. Yes. I go to the life is ruined. Right. And he's like, no, life is busy right now. Right. This is, this is just this week, or this is just a period. This is just a chapter. And that coming back and reminding myself of that has been a really helpful story script that I bring into the troubled and challenging times is Mm -hmm. this is just now. This is not forever because I can go to forever, Melinda, like, like (laughs) super quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and what we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. is I am more aware now that that's a trauma response for me Mm -hmm. because core memory time in my not early childhood, but teen years where big life events were happening that now as an adult, I realize brought forth really life lasting traumatic situations and scenarios like family members not being present in my life and certain people not being able to provide full emotional support because of a thing. So that trauma response is, I know how an event can lead to the domino effect of bad things being embedded in my life. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like I know how quickly one event, like an accident can play out domino wise and lead me to not have family around for every holiday for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that pan it's it's almost like a panic. Right. will come will rise up into my chest. Mhm. It all, like I'm like I'm holding my chest right now cuz I like that's how it feels sometimes that When a hardship occurs, how quickly I can play it out mm-hmm. to, oh my gosh, is this going to be, is this going to be the 
breaking of my relationship with my son that leads him to not want to talk to mm-hmm. me. And now mm-hmm. I'm not having Christmases with him when he's 25. Yes. Yes. Or, oh my gosh, I snipped at my husband and I've been through divorce. So does this mean that like we're now down a path that's irrepre- like not able to repair from mm-hmm. it? And I live with those. And I sometimes I feel like I'm on these narrow pathways and I describe them a lot as landmines. Mm-hmm. And I feel the weight and the pressure of, oh, if I don't handle the situation, is this going to lead to a job loss? Is this because I lived through that? That wasn't fun. And that took seven years to recover from, uh, honestly, longer. Oh, well, if I don't, if I don't handle this well, is that going to affect my health? Cause live through that or, you know, so yeah. I feel like, I think that's where I have the sensitivity to positive and look at the sunny side. Right. Um, cause I feel like I sometimes live in a world where I am navigating landmines every day, all the time. Right. Okay. So I think one of the things Taking a breath here. Body just reminded me that I just needed to take a breath. Do you you need a hug? Are you okay? I'm okay. Okay. uh, Thank you for offering a hug. She gave me a, my my friend Melinda gave me a hug earlier and that, (laughs) and that felt, that felt really good. So that's another thing to remind our friends that Mm. you can ask for hugs. Yes. People might not want to give a hug, but you know, like. As a 53-year-old woman, I can ask for a hug, and that's okay. <laughs> yes, and sometimes people need to know if you want one or, or you're not somebody who doesn't like to hug. Yeah. So, okay. While I don't want to, I would never want you to feel like your emotions were being discounted because how you feel is legitimate and is important that you feel that way. And isn't there a desire to counteract that emotion to after you feel that emotion then to to then move out of it right and that's why a lot of times when there's something negative or some feeling we try to find the gratitude in it or um, recognize some good that might come from it and not ever discounting it but when it's just becomes so hard to deal with a situation because of our emotions because of our history Sometimes it's helpful to to be able to throw a little gratitude in there or a little something just as sort of a lifeline. Yes, absolutely. Hearing you talk that out is reminding me of a conversation that I was having with my son last night about how people in his sphere might respond to a request for how you want to be treated or how you want to be described or, you know, how you might want to be called. Mm -hmm. He, she, they, them. Oh, okay, um, yes. And we were having a conversation about respect and kindness that it ultimately came down to, because I think there's a lot of discussion in our world, and I don't mean to, you know, go off in any sort of political conversation right now, but, you know, I think there's a lot in our that our children are facing and adults are facing as well of how certain people want to be treated in our modern day world where there's a lot of different beliefs. We're interacting with a lot of different people that have different backgrounds. And so what it's reminding me right now is, I mean, how I was feeling initially is like, Oh, well, 
I got a lot of I got a lot of trauma background. So does that mean that I need to be handled with a lot of kit gloves? And I'm I'm needing to ensure that when I am visiting with people that I am able to communicate the care that I need and the respect that I need in handling a certain situation. But we were talking about it's all about kindness and respect. Mm-hmm. And I think we have the human skills mm-hmm. in any situation to be able to look at someone and see their energy, absorb or feel their energy. If they are bringing a lot of emotion to a conversation Mm -hmm. that you might need to extend a little bit of extra space and kindness and respect in what and compassion Mm -hmm. and whatever there were, you don't need to understand it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you need to like, you know, climb in and say, tell me how you, you know, like we, I'm not saying that we ask people to step into being therapist counselor mode, but I think that we can at a basic level extend kindness, courtesy, compassion for how everyone is responding to life. Mm-hmm. I agree. Grace and, and then encourage them, reach out a hand. I'm get, I'm doing the hand, mm-hmm. reach out a hand. Mm-hmm. How can I help you work through this moment right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Well, you know, at our basic level, we all want the same thing. We all want to be, feel loved, feel seen, feel valued, valued, heard, worthy, heard, right. All of those, those are all things. Those are basic human needs. We all need those and we all want those. And we just have different ways sometimes of going about it. Sometimes we forget that all of this other noise is a lot less important. So hearing you say that is making me wonder if the equation is as simple as when we're walking and stepping through hardship and the beauty of having a small, you know, like a clear defined framework of friends, deep, meaningful relationships Mm -hmm. that when you face hardships and moments of challenge, what can you do in that moment to make sure that you are seen, feel heard Mm -hmm. and supported? How can you, you're saying, how can, like, if I'm the person who is, is, needs the compassion and the understanding, how do I express my need rather than the person who's giving it? That's what you're asking. Yeah. Like if I'm, yeah. if I'm approaching a, if I have a really difficult, yesterday was a, one of a really difficult day. And when I came face to face with the tripping, a tripping point, mm-hmm. that moment where you're about ready to spiral out in the forever statements. Yes. <sighs> Everything's ruined. Yes. Everything's destroyed. Yes. What do I need in this moment to feel, yeah, feel supported, heard? Like, well, and I think that it. Well, I think first of all, when you're in that moment, if you're not someone who is in a kind of a regular mindfulness practice, meaning being mindful of what is happening, being able to step kind of aside from the emotions that are happening inside of you, then it's extremely hard to be able to step then into what do I need in this? Like, you know, when you're in the middle of it, what do I need in this moment? What should I do? Kind of like when the water, I told you about the water spewing, you know, <laughs> and I was panicking. I talked about that in the last podcast, but when the water was spewing and I took a moment, but because you and I are in this practice, I did, I was able to recognize when I started spinning, right? This is all there. My water bill is going to be crazy and we're not going to get it done. And you know, blah, blah, blah. and I was able to go, 
stop. Let's take some deep breaths. Let's calm ourselves down. And so the first thing you have to do, I think before you can even ask for what you need is that you have to recognize that you even need it. Yeah. You need to recognize this, oh, I'm starting to spiral. I need to take a step to the side and think about what can I do? What do I need? And then you do have to, I mean, you know, of course I'm all about, and we talked about this in the last podcast, I'm all about verbally expressing what you need. And that's interesting because where, where I go immediately, immediately is body work. Mm. I know that I'm not able to get to, sure, I could take a deep breath mm-hmm. and sure I could think some thoughts, but I have to, I have to bypass and go right to nerve regu- uh, nervous system regulation. Yeah, so right. I, I usually have just some body work stuff, some tapping work that I do that allows me to connect to subconscious quicker. Yeah, I think that's great. So I will pinch fingers or tap or pressure point or move and shift body around. I got to I gotta get out of the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's totally legit. And that is, you're right. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this friendship is that we have kind of different, sometimes different ways of getting to calm because breath really works for me, taking those deep breaths. And, you know, I think I talked about, given that my own personal spiritual beliefs in a higher power, that idea that in The Naked Now, Richard Rohr talks about breath being supposed to be mimicking the word Yahweh, which is mm-hmm. a word for, for the creator or God. Mm-hmm. And so it it has a really deep meaning for me too. Mm-hmm. And so when I take those breaths, I feel like I'm connecting in. Oh. And so that's that's why for me. But however, 100%. I know I and I I totally believe. I mean, I I do some of that too. Where I I I always I think I touch. I tend, I've been finding myself like touching my chest a lot. I'm realizing, and I don't even know when that started, that I do that a lot, and somehow that helps me calm down or or regulate my energy. It seems to regulate me and calm my energy down a little bit. If someone else especially is going, is having a higher energy than me, and I, I don't want to take it on in that moment, I do that by, not on purpose. It's fascinating. Yeah, and it, to me, it almost feels like I'm in a video game and I'm like, like alarms are going off. Like, you're not regulated. You're not regulated. <laughs> what do we need to do? Okay, that didn't work. Okay, what are all the pressure points? What do we have to do? And there's like a team of people in my yeah. head going, yeah. she needs to be regulated. Okay, okay, we're going to tap here. We're going to push here. All right. Okay, okay. Ah. Uh, and then I can uh-huh. get to the, all right, Yahweh. Yes. Breath, yes. Spirituality. But it's like the alarm bells are going off immediately Mm -hmm. and the team of support at the deep subconscious level know gotta get her regulated gotta get her i'm gonna make maybe i'll make a funny video about that someday (laughs) it's like a whole like crew underneath you know Uh in the internal you know realm so you asked though your initial question was how do you then reach out to somebody but i think first you do have to regulate yourself and then i think you just have to ask for it but for and for me i will tell you that the reason my i ask you if you want a hug is because for me touch is such an important thing for me touch of another person yeah. not not just my own touch but a hug for me is i'm going to tell you that will help me that helps me really regulate and it go, you know, I think it also again goes back to my, well, my belief, which you know, I you 
you really have to argue with me for, to get me to, to change the belief that we're all one. We are all initial. We are all really one body, one, one group. And we have this belief that we're these separate beings, but really we are so connected through our energy through, and, you know, of course, spiritually, you could say through spirit, but uh, it's all, it's all so scientifically proven that we collectively do affect each other by our energy. And I feel very tapped into that. And, and so when somebody can kind of take me and hold me, it's extremely helpful for me. I like that. And now I'm, I'm thinking about the, indeed the power of the benefit of collective consciousness Mm -hmm. and not only collective consciousness, but connective, uh, community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And how, when you deny people an opportunity to be in deep, meaningful community connection, Mm -hmm. the void that that creates not only in their spirit mind, but physical health. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, as we talked about before, that's one of the things that's really happening now is people are really so isolated and they don't have, they struggle to find community. And unfortunately, some of those people are finding community in, in not great groups. You know, I'm, I have a real fascination with, with cult documentaries. I think you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's what you find, though, in, you know, in cults is these are people who are just dying for some kind of a community. And then they find this incredible community and then it turns into a cult Um, or it becomes, a you know, or they, you know, later it ends up, you start to realize it's a cult. I find the psychology of cults so fascinating because I do think it ties into a lot of that. People are so searching. And if somebody seems definitive that they have the answers, then we all want to fall in line and listen to them. I'm sorry. Can I keep talking? I'm sorry. Yes. More to say. No, I'm thinking. My brain is going around. I was listening to Rick Rubin, who we are reading a book for, for our Soul Nourishing Book Club called The Creative Act. And I I was listening to him on YouTube and he was saying something so interesting, which was, he wasn't doing it. It was an interview with Anderson Cooper. And he said, Anderson Cooper said, do you play any instruments? No, you know, he's, oh, he's a music producer. He's a very famous, very a successful music producer. And Anderson Cooper said, do you play any instruments? And he said, no. And he said, do you know how to run a soundboard? And he goes, no, I'm not very technical. And Anderson Cooper said, well, then what do you offer people? And he said, I think that my opinion is, I think I have good opinions and I think my opinions matter. And I think that uh, people respect because I'm very definitive about how I feel. And I think people respect that. And I, you know, I believe that my opinions are good. And in a later thing, I heard him say, I just believe, as everyone should believe, that your opinions are no better than my opinions. Your thought process is no more valid than my thought process. And we have such a tendency to believe that if somebody speaks with authority, then they must know what they're talking about. Right? It's yes. so interesting. And so that's what happens in these cults. Let me just bring it back to cults. Um, that's what happens <laughs> in these cults. But that's what ha- is happening around the world. I mean, around really the world. And it's happening everywhere. People who are searching for community are finding people who are like, well, I'll stand up and tell everybody what's what. And you all come and, you know, let's create a community around me. 
you know? Yeah. And that, and we talk, you and I talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know when we sit and share things on this podcast that we're, we're by no means saying that we are ex. We have solved right. all That's mindfulness right. things, and we are. We are going, not cult leaders. We are going to talk to our fellow <laughs> yes. women and gentlemen right. from a place of expertise. That's right. That's um, right. We are just fellow two travelers. Friends, That's right. Fellow travelers, and we have learned some things, and we want to share what we've learned. That's right. Because That's we right. think it would be helpful, but we still have a lot to learn. We still have a lot to learn, and we're still. Figuring it out, and we're learning from other people as well. And so. then we have to re. Then we sometimes relearn things and realize, oh, yeah, <laughs> we maybe, have... I, maybe I should re- remind myself of these I... wonderful things that I talk about yeah, exactly. in our podcast. Exactly. Um, so when we have friends in our soul collect, soul nourishing collective, that have come to us and asked us, or or reached out and just said, you know, hey, I'm struggling. I've lost my job, or. One had a, has a difficult uh, manager. Um, there are things that sometimes we can offer because of our experience, just simply because we've lived life, but also because we've, as we've talked about before, we have had a lot of things happen, but we are really working to learn how to work through these things. And because we've taken such a fascination with it, it's caused us to read and learn and watch videos and whatever. And so we're just passing on what we've learned to other people that we that we've exper- experimented with ourselves. So anyway, that said, should go ahead. So let me ask you a question: How important do you think the practice of self reflection is in this journey? Well, I think it's very important. I think, but do you think it's a? Do you think it's a? fundamental if you are going to be going back to the idea of community if if we know that deep meaningful friendships and relationships are beneficial longevity tools Mm -hmm. and living in community is what well certainly at the biological level dr bruce lipton would tell us we are made for community yes so community, deep, meaningful relationships. So do you believe that it is fundamental that you gain skills and self-reflection so that you know how to be a healthy member of community? Absolutely. I do because we have to become aware of what the stories are that we're telling ourselves. What is the truth in those stories and what is not the truth? And there was often those, that voice in our head is telling us a lot more that's not the truth than what is the truth. Sometimes it feels like you have two separate voices, right? Sometimes it feels like you have that voice that really is telling you what is what is true. And then there's the other voice that's just super critical about you and everything around it. And so we have to take some time for self-reflection to pay attention to what is the truth, what is the truth in this situation? Mm-hmm. And how, how can I react best to this situation? Yeah, so you I know, think it's a constant. I think social media is really tripping us up right now in our ability to be in community and relationship with one another because we are almost needing to have two pathways of relationshiping. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this virtual exchange mm-hmm. that is 
a part of our world and there is there are beautiful aspects to having that mm-hmm. social media and the ability for people to stay in tune with each other and know what's going on in their lives is helpful yes but i don't think we quite know how to manage them both and understand their place if that makes mm-hmm. any sense what i'm saying let me let me talk that out i think we are confusing being in the know on social media of what is happening in people's lives, Mm -hmm. whether that's job promotions or having a baby or getting married or their kids getting married or graduate, whatever it is, the Mm -hmm. life events, being in the know doesn't always mean that you are in the know. And some people might, some people share a little bit more of their emotional or personal challenges on social media, but Being in the know isn't always the same as knowing how to be in community and deep, meaningful relationship with someone. And now I'm looking at you and I'm realizing, am I getting tripped up and even explaining my thought? No, no, no. (laughs) I understand exactly what you're saying. Because what I think what you're describing is on social media, it's very, it's a very surface level interaction, right? You can't get into a deep conversation or really hear, I mean, because you're, you're basing everything on, you know, a short paragraph that somebody writes, and then you may write a short sentence comment. Sometimes there's a little exchange, but it's not a deep, meaningful conversation, right? It's not. And I do believe, well, again, scientifically proven that when we are in this, in the presence of each other, we have an energy, there is an energy exchange, that is very important for us biologically and we miss out on that on social media so i understand what you're saying and i do i agree with you there's there's what it is i think you're describing are levels or levels of interaction levels of and, and that's not community that is keeping up with people but it's not a true community a true community are people that you can sit down with and have a real conversation with and i i am seeing a trend and I'm even kind of finding myself evolving into this trend of a little bit more deeper personal reflection happening Mm -hmm. on social media. But I think that even that trend is still tripping people up. Like you feel like you've put your heart on your sleeve and you've shared a little bit of self-discovery, self-awareness out in the world Um, But that's not always connecting in the broader sense of aiding that community fellowship. Yeah. Well, what's happening is you're writing, you write, so then you write this like really long thing that people are reading or not reading or, or, you know, just reading quickly, possibly, because we all read so much, right? So they're, and then regardless of that, the response that you're getting is beautiful, so great. How wonderful. But it's not like, yes, let's talk about this. I've, I've been having that. Oh, you have had but that? But what I will tell you, mm-hmm. where I think it gets really complex is I will, I've been sharing a series of, you know, self-reflection and self-awareness discoveries mm-hmm. on social media over the past year. And, and I do I, love yours and I do read them. Oh, thank you. FYI. <laughs> um, but I will go out and visit with someone in person 
I can't tell you how many people in the past year I have had when I run into them or connect with them at a coffee shop or see them at the theater or at, at a work event say, oh my gosh, Jill, I can't tell you how, how much I appreciate that one post that you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that really, that really made me think about X, Y, Z. So I think that they're, they're, I'm, you know, modern hand dance hands are up now. I think there are some deep conversations happen or, or idea exchanges happening mm-hmm. through social media, but there's still sort of a missing middle that's happening in how to take those momentary self-reflective events that are happening out there that have an impact, mm-hmm. that can have an impact, mm-hmm. let me say, but kind of stall out there. And, Wait. and, and, and it's leading some people to go, oh, I'm going to be self-reflective there, but I don't quite know. And this is kind of what I feel like our soul nourishing collective is trying to generate mm-hmm. and resonate of how do we take those flashes, those flashes of self-reflection and those moments that I don't want to say just women, that people are starting to have in the world right now and go, great, you had that flash moment of reflection. Come in here to our Soul Nourishing Collective because we want to start having more of these and help each other learn and help raise a collective consciousness and a collective support and a collective encouragement, raise an energy so that we can be a more powerful wave or tidal wave or ripple effect out into the world. Mm -hmm. I, so I don't mean to be basic when I talk about self-reflection and social media being the problem. Cause I, I I think there's a surface level to it, but I think that there's something that's not happening in bridging the online world with the in-person community that people are craving and really needing right now. And it's creating these tripping points that are leading people to feel, I think even more isolated these days, Mm -hmm. more angry, Mm -hmm. more lost, more abandoned. How, okay. So how are you, so how are, I guess I'm confused as to how we're going from there are these moments of inspiration that that happen that can be really helpful to people and I understand and I agree because it's unless you run into that person in person mm-hmm. then it may make them have some self-reflection but unless you run into them it's not doesn't become a shared um, a shared experience, but I, I'm not sure how you're going from, and I'm just not following your thought process, which is on me, but I need a little clarification. How do you go from, I'm sharing this, this meaningful thing on Facebook mm-hmm. to people. It's making people feel isolated or angry. Okay. I'm going to bring it back to, cause I, I may just not be following you. 
by no means what I'm going to say. I'm going to preface this. I'm going to put a little like sort of disclaimer around it. By Mm. no means am I saying that we should go back exactly to old school structures. Mm -hmm. But we used to have cultural habits, societal habits of going to church on Sunday Mm -hmm. and having an embedded routine where people felt where it was easier to access a set designated spot or place where they could connect with their community. Mm-hmm. And I think right now people are beautifully unleashing their creativity to creating all sorts of wonderful new things. I'm doing things over here and coffee house stuff and conferences over here and lead her ship over there. And we're unleashing our creativity so much that it's getting harder and harder for us to find that one way for us to come back to community fellowship. And I think it's getting harder for people to get plugged in. Mm, interesting. And so yeah, it, it, it's just, this is really just more of a feeling that I have that I, I have been feeling over the past, really the past decade that there is a creative renaissance happening and there's an aspect to it that's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful right here. Mm-hmm. You and I podcasting. This right. is creative renaissance. Everyone's podcasting right now. Everyone has a YouTube channel. All right. There's a beauty to this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's creating a landscape of chaos and oversaturation mm-hmm. that's making it so much harder Even me, I'll just use me as an example. I'm a pretty confident socializing person. Mm -hmm. I have no, I might still have a little bit of anxiety going into a new space with new people. Even me, social confident (laughs) person. Uh But right now, I feel overwhelmed and nervous finding a place to go to connect with community on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm even craving, even though intellectually I know that church is not the place that I am going to find it. I am craving or I I'm craving recreating the church structure Mm. in a new way. Isn't that Mm -hmm. interesting? Uh, Maybe our soul nourishing collective needs to be a weekly meeting of people who want to get together and just visit about things that are important like this. But think, think about the church, like the, the church structure mm-hmm. of, there's um, a topic there. There's a there, greeting. You come in oh, yes. and you meet and greet with people mm-hmm. and there's, um, it's, and then there's a sermon and there's songs yeah. and there's helping each other out, whether that's passing the plate. I don't, there The structure of it Mm -hmm. has a lot of the ingredients that I think provided people Mm. with routine rituals Mm. that served their week. And their weeks Mm -hmm. were grounded around that, Mm -hmm. rooted around that. I mean, I think you're right. I really do think you're right. And I understand that you're saying, you know, not, it doesn't have to be specifically a 
religious structure Relig- thing. Right. But I, I think you're right in that there is you're, there is something about coming together and having that be sort of your grounding time. I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right. And I do think that this sort of flight away from churches and and religious structures and, and I I'm not let me tell you something. It, things have gotten out of hand in a lot of these religious organizations. So I completely understand. However, you're right that we haven't been able to substitute something else. And also, I think you were making the point of because there's so much out there, it's almost impossible to know where to turn. Who are my people and how do I find them? Because there are so many. And it is, but it is just one of those things where I think you have to just keep looking until you, something really resonates with you, I guess. Or I learned a lot when I studied and was introduced to the, I keep forgetting what they call it, the Japanese MOA, MOA, the Blue Zones, the retelling of the Blue Zones book mm-hmm. in the Netflix series or Amazon Prime series, mm-hmm. where after World War II in Japan and Okinawa, the communities and were, were, were devastated from mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. And in an effort to help people survive, they created this social network. Mm where you were paired, I mean, it wasn't like, it, but it wasn't a government. Right. Ne- like structure. Yes. But it sort of grew and evolved post-war, World War II, where you just connected with people in your community and they might not necessarily be people that you were related to or mm-hmm. shared philosophy or interests or activities with, but it just became the people that you supported. I love it. And you gathered and mm-hmm. you helped each other. Mm-hmm. And so recently I've been wondering, do I just need to go and find, and I know we're kind of doing this with our Soul Nourishing Collective, but mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this in my business community as we face some big, what feels like cataclysmic, seismic, you know, hardships uh-huh. in our our profession and our industry. Do I just go find 10 people that's like, we're our network? We're just going to support each other. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the Ellen Langer. You can make any decision right. There's no one certain perfect way Mm -hmm. or answer to a situation. Mm -hmm. You can make anything work. I can help any 10 people and encourage their work or support their work or check in with them and find fellowship with anyone. Mm. Yeah. In person. Yes, in person is key. I really do think it is. That's beautiful. So, well, as we have been connecting with our sphere, our our fellowship of soul nourishing collective friends, there is heart. There are a lot of hardships. Mm-hmm. There are, and we're that just are bubbling up, right? And we are just simply trying to honor the difficulty, while then also at the right time, learning to insert tools and things to get us back to a sense of, I don't want to say positive. Resilience. <laughs> a sense of resilience, yes. And, and but then eventually do moving in. You know, you we do want to move into. Absolutely. Um, I'm, uh, next week is the Chinese New Year. Mm. And this Sunday, I, I've recently learned, is 
the feng shui change in a 20 year cycle, February 4th. Um, apparently they're coining this cycle nine, the rise of the midlife woman and technology, technological advancement or innovation. So I am curious of the new energy that might be entering our, our world in the, in, you know, and just tuning into that and seeing if that's, uh, I'm not saying, is that real? Is that true? I have, as we have said, opening up the framework mm-hmm. and learning and yeah. unleashing creativity in a variety of new and interesting ways. Seeing what might transpire. See, that's an interesting idea. And it's exciting to see, especially since we're the, we are those women. <laughs> it's exciting to think, you know, about, oh, really? And and then, you know, you do wonder, do we then behave differently because we have been told that? And then, and who cares? Because maybe that does make us rise because we um, now feel more empowered. I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. And who cares if the chicken came before the egg or the, you know, we have them both. Absolutely. So I think it's great. I think it's great. And I, I completely agree. It'll be really interesting to see. And I do think that our collective has been a great start in this idea of community. And I, but I think that what you're saying is really making me have a lot of thoughts starting my daydreaming process. Well, I, I had an opportunity two weeks ago, my son was participating in a reading over at the Jewish Community Center Mm -hmm. of Austin. And I had an opportunity to witness a little bit some different spaces and, and mm-hmm. how people were, uh, communitying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized, oh, this is what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Because well, it wasn't just, a, we were at a, th- there was a screenwriter mm-hmm. that brought a play about suicide and the Jewish community center designated one of their rooms and set it up more like a, a theater space, mm-hmm. and we did theater there. But they brought in mental health services, and the rabbis were there. So there was a lot of cross project encouraging and in, in, in collaboration. Yes, and there were church members there, but they were members of the theater community. They were participating with our Georgetown Palace Theater Group. Mm-hmm. There were new audience members, new folks coming to the JCC. And it was beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. There was preschool there. There was a gym. There were people coming and visiting a gym. Yeah. And that felt like a true community center. Yes. Yes. I think that's And I didn't feel like when I stepped in there that I was like, oh, I'm around spiritual people of a certain belief and I have to behave a certain way. No, it was just like, Mm -hmm. but everyone had a, clearly everyone knew each other and there was just a, Hey, how you doing? And what's going on? And yeah, there is something, I mean, that's, that's one thing. But when, when it's interesting that we keep talking about community, because I don't know if you remember, but when Josh had his bar mitzvah and I did the parent blessing, I specifically talked about, community and about in the Jewish faith community is such a big part of being Jewish and that you can go to anywhere in any part of the world and walk into a synagogue or a temple and you will be welcomed 
in, you know, as you, you're just so it's because you're well, because you're part of the tribe. It's the whole idea of the tribe, right? You're part of the tribe. And so you're welcomed in. And so you have a sense of belonging everywhere you go, which is beautiful. And I, and I'm sure that that's not just Judaism that that happens in, but it definitely is a big part of that faith. And I felt it there more than I had ever felt in any, you know, I was raised Catholic, but in any Christian community I'd been to, I had never felt that deep, deep sense of kinship. Kinship. That's part of it too. Well, I I look forward to talking more about this and continuing this conversation because, you know, we are a, a global community now and we travel more and interact with so many different types of communities. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we find that kindred mm-hmm. compassion everywhere we go in a world that has so many different beliefs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rituals, routines. That you know, at the at the base of it all, we are all really the same. We all, you know, it's just about showing compassion, showing love. And when we show it, and usually we will get it in return. Well, thank you mm-hmm. for today. I am constantly reminded again and again of the power of friendship and deep, meaningful relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you, I had a little Melinda moment today <laughs> to get a little hug, to be reminded it's all okay and that we're not that different and... Right. We'll navigate all the moments. I agree. I agree. We're very lucky. Very lucky. We're grateful for all of you out there as well who are part of this community. We love hearing from you. Uh, please email us at soulnourishingcollective at gmail.com. We're going to get it at some point. I always get that wrong. Soulnourishingcollective at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. Join us. We have uh, various events that we put on. We might now start putting on something more regularly as, you know, as we talk about what we were inspired by in this conversation. So stay tuned for that. That's it. Thank you. Onward we go. Onward we go. Onward we go.